0: That
1: is Lloyd Price singing Personality. This is Stacy Julian with episode 50 of Exactly Enough Time. From its title, this is a podcast about productivity. And while I love to rock a day and get stuff done, exactly enough time is much more about being present. It's about recognizing the time you have and making the most of it. It's about owning what you love. I love personality. Did you know I'm an ENFP? and inviting more of whatever that is into your life. In this podcast, I tell stories and I interview interesting people and together we celebrate the things that make life amazing. So, Lloyd Price is an American R&B vocalist and he became known literally as Mr. Personality after his 1959 million selling hit. I chose that song because hello, it's so catchy, right? But seriously, what is personality? The dictionary defines it as a combination of characteristics or qualities that form an individual's distinctive character. A little more specific is personality is the characteristic set of behaviors, cognitions, and emotional patterns that evolve from biological and environmental factors to differentiate how people show up in the world. I am sure you know that there are many theories in books, profiles, and even games that have over the years gained attention and risen in popularity with the aim to show us all how we as people are individually different, how we can celebrate that. Well, you guys, my guest today is my personal expert in communication, influence, negotiation, and yes, personality. Her name is Kathy Gowans. And I first met her at a Creating Keepsakes, that's a scrapbook magazine back in the day, a Creating Keepsakes team meeting. And I have been listening and learning and consulting with her ever since. Now, I'm gonna tell you more about Kathy in a minute, but first, who's with me in 20 and 20, huh? you guys, we are having a really great time. 20 and 20 is my brand new online class. I feel like calling it an adventure. It is going to be a year long course and it is all about committing at the beginning of this super cool year to do something different and important and personal to gather some photos and to pair them with thoughts and feelings and memories and tell some awesome personal stories in all kinds of ways, in all shapes and sizes. I am so ready to help you better manage the photos that you're taking every single day on your smartphone and to gather and organize other bits and pieces of life and bring them together so that you can, again, do something unique. I am so proud and amazed already of the community that is gathering. I want you to be a part of this. I'd like you to go to StacyJulian.com and click on that banner that says, learn more about my course, 20 and 20. And if you're a podcast listener, you can save $10 by just simply using the the podcast promo code which is all capital letters p o d c a s t and lots of you have already taken advantage of that but i want you all to be there because you just don't want to miss it <laughs> i know you have pictures and i know you have memories and i know that with my help and in this community you can do something really special with them and you can do it in the midst of your already full life i promise I am here to help you. So go check it out. Okay. Now, Kathy Gowans. Kathy Gowans owns her own organization development and consultant firm, and she focuses her efforts on improving business processes and people skills so that people can better align vision, leverage talents, and accomplish results. Kathy presents in a wide variety of places, from boardrooms to prisons. What it boils down to for me is that Kathy believes that healthy relationships are foundational to a healthy, happy, and productive life. She teaches, she volunteers, she grandmas. She is on my A-list of mentors, and I am so happy to be able to have her on the podcast today to chat with her so that you can begin to learn from her as well. So today, it's it's kind of a high-level share and beginning of a discussion around the Myers-Briggs type indicator and how it has totally enhanced my life and empowered me in so many different ways. As I approach almost a year, a year of doing a podcast, I thought, wouldn't it be cool to really take a look at like, the handful of things that have truly changed my life? And one of these things is meeting Kathy and having her introduce me to, and then teach me more about the Myers-Briggs type indicator. So before I go and muck it up, I'm just going to cut to our conversation. I do want you to know that we struggled a little bit with sound quality for the first several minutes, but then we were able to make some adjustments and make it better. So just anticipate that, and then also anticipate that it gets better and just enjoy. I really love what we're sharing today. Kathy Goins, I am so tickled to have you on my podcast. And I actually just want to start out by having you introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about Kathy.
0: Okay, here goes. First of all, I would say I am a pr- practitioner, not a presenter. And so I love okay. working actually with people and making things happen. And I I love people, and I also love quotes, and one of my quotes is, there are two kinds of people in the world, people I love and people I don't know, and one thing that I love about you, Stacey, is that you focus on stories, Uh, and there's another quote that I love about stories, that the closest distance between two people is a story, (gasps) and so I love that you engage people in getting to know each other and (laughs) stories are a great way. Another thing is I believe in sharing what I've been given and what I've learned. And so paying it forward always has an unexpected return on investment. And there's more that comes back than you can ever give. And the third thing is I believe healthy relationships with yourself and with others are key to happiness. And, and a quote that I love about that with, yourself and with others is presume good intent. And that's one of the reasons I love the Myers-Briggs type indicator is that it helps you Uh, learn about the differences in a way that you can appreciate them and see those differences in others as gifts instead of annoyance.
1: I love it. Okay. So I think speaking to my listeners now, you already know why I love Kathy so much. That's beautiful. And as you were sharing those three things, Right off the bat, I want to share a story because you just said a story is the closest distance between two yep. friends or people, right? So this is, goes way back. I was thinking earlier this morning, 1998 is my best guesstimate. And I think I'm pretty accurate. I was invited to participate with creating Keepsakes magazine in uh, an editorial process. I was invited to come to a meeting and share my ideas and all the way to the meeting, driving, I was just like, oh, cannot wait to share my ideas. I got to the meeting. As I remember it, you know, we went around the table and kind of introduced ourselves, And then um, it probably would have been Lisa Berenson. She was the uh, editor and she introduced you, Kathy Gowans, and said, before we get to the actual brainstorming and idea sharing, I've invited Kathy Gowans to come and teach us a little bit about personalities and understanding people so that we can contribute you know in a way that will be healthy and I think you also talked to us about um, sort of the vision for the magazine anyway what happened after that was as I remember it again more than an hour of really intense thinking and you questioning and people right just and at one point I thought when is this gonna end (laughs) To just share some ideas, but and then moving forward, because that doesn't sound like a very positive story. But as I settled my brain down and said, Look, this is clearly not going to play out exactly as you make you know, thought it would. As I invited myself to just relax a little bit, I began to be taught, and that was the beginning of a Kathy Stacy relationship that I honestly cherish so much. Because everything, ugh, look, I'm going to cry. But you told me once, you actually are the one that told me it's okay to cry. That's just yep. your passion yep. leaking <laughs> out your eyes. But but I can't even begin. I mean, I think I just, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast because everything you have taught me over, what is that? It more is- than 20 years has empowered me in every area of my life. I mean, in my marriage, in my parenting, in my ability to lead a company to contribute in the smallest ways in, in a group of any kind, you know what I mean? Just to show up and to recognize my strengths and maybe not um, be so critical of my weaknesses or other people's weaknesses. It's just, it's been so important to me. So I don't know if it was actually a story, but it's an experience.
0: Well, and, and thank you. And and the end of that story is, or maybe the beginning of, of your story is, We always chose to weave doing relationship building and task accomplishment in meetings when people got together. And so, um, yeah, so that's what that was, working on the relationship stuff before jumping into the task. Awesome.
1: Well, Kathy, the thing that's interesting to me is, um, well, yeah, I mean, I've already said that we've now had this 20 plus year relationship, but I have, and it's not like we talk every week or even every month or even once a year sometimes. But whenever I find myself in a situation where I know that I need to build a relationship before I can move something forward, right? Before I can improve the process or help a group of people uh, work better together, then who is the first person I think of? You. And so you, and for those listeners that know, and I think there's several that know that I started a company called Big Picture Classes and I worked with my awesome, beautiful, Partner Casey Rain and we brought you up probably every six months for a while and I mean you have helped just in so many ways um, you know not only teach me initially but then teach me that I can always use what you've taught me to benefit whatever it is that I'm involved in and you've come and helped my husband my husband's a physician I think you even helped him with his uh, you know his practice and his partners communicating better together so anyway this understanding what you teach, and now let's jump to, to exactly what we're talking about. Um, you are an expert, and you're going to tell me a little bit more about this in a second, but you are an expert in um, the Myers-Briggs personality type indicator, which described by me is four categories or um, spectrums, if you will, of sort of what psychological functions or skills, and and then Anyway, I want you to tell me, but I think most people I think a lot of people are familiar with oh, Myers-Briggs personality test. But will you just take a few minutes and tell us what is that exactly?
0: Okay, so the background, this is this is a self-report questionnaire. It's not a test. And what it does oh, okay. is it's designed to make Carl Jung's theory of psychological types understandable and usable in everyday life. And uh. and so the results describe valuable differences between normal healthy people and i I always laugh and say okay so what does that mean and when i went to the the training on that they said well they didn't do the studies in uh, prisons in mental institutions Um, okay so with people that are not institutionalized but are are normal quote healthy people and the differences these are differences that can be a source of much misunderstanding and miscommunication. And, and so once you have that understanding, then the impact is it helps you identify your strengths and your unique gifts, and you can use the information to better understand yourself, others, Motivations, strengths, and potential areas of growth. And so it's just very, very rich. And you mentioned Mm -hmm. there are four continuums or four scales. And what's different about this is it's not giving you a score on how good you are at something, but it's actually sorting preferences. It's like sorting whether you like apples or oranges. So they are sorting preferences and telling you the strength of your preference. And what's interesting about these continuums are they are polar opposites. And so so those opposites not understood can be the root of misunderstanding and miscommunication. So quickly, those scales are extrovert, introvert, and that's where, where you get your energy to act. Sensing and intuition, how you gather information and learn. Thinking and feeling, how you make decisions and judging and perceiving how you approach the world. So they have the world has some definitions of those but but those are just the names and what each of those do. So yeah. the extroversion introversion extroverted types learn best by talking inter- and interacting with others. So right. by interacting with the physical world, they can process and make sense of information. And introverts prefer a quiet reflection for privacy. And that information processing occurs for introverts as they explore ideas and concepts internally. So one thing to mm-hmm. remember about all of these scales or spectrums is that we all do both. And right. we all have a preference or a gift for one over the other. So the mm-hmm. extroversion introversion is where you get your energy. And I always laugh about you, a story about you. <laughs> so obviously you're an extrovert and i'm an introvert so for yes. your, for your brain to work your mouth has to be moving right and for my brain to be working your mouth has to be quiet and <laughs> and i have to be able to think about things and so that extrovert introvert is kind of interesting you do yeah. you do talk think talk and i do right. think talk think and so right. we those that's an example of, yes. of the opposites. So sensing and in, intuition. That second continuum reflects what people focus their attentions on. So sensing types are good at concrete and tangible things. Intuitive types are good at abstract things and ideas. Right. Sensing types might enjoy a learning environment where the material is presented in detailed and sequential manner. And they might attend to what's occurring in the present and move to the abstract from there, where the intuitive types might prefer a learning atmosphere, where the emphasis is placed on the meaning and associations, and the insight is valued higher than <laughs> careful observation. Do you see yourself here? Yes. 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 <laughs> and, and pattern recognition just happens naturally for the intuitive types, because yeah. that's where you yeah. start. Again, right. Again, we do both, but we have a gift for one over the other. The third continuum, the thinking-feeling, reflects a person's decision preferences. So thinking types desire objective truth and logical principles that are natural Uh at kind of the deductive reasoning. And the feeling types place an emphasis on the issues and the causes that can be personalized while they consider the other people's motives so opposites attract. I think your husband's a thinker and you're a feeler, and you you see those play out. You do both. You have a gift for one over the other, and judging and perceiving, so this one is the one about how you um, approach the world. Judging types tend to have a structured way or theory to approach the world, and perceiving types tend to be unstructured and keep their options open. Uh The judging types will always try to make accommodation between new information and their structured world, which might be changed with discretion. Right. And the perceiving types, oh heck, you know, they're willing <laughs> to change without having <laughs> out there. Oh my gosh, there's a bird. There's a new idea. Let's go look at that. Let's chase that bird. So so it's just interesting how all those play together. And, right. and, and as we grow up and learn, we learn that all of those are at play and they all show up in different ways. And when we understand them, we see them and we really can presume good intent and start with where the other person is versus where we are.
1: Okay. Wow. That was a lot. That was such a good summary. And even as you're reminding me of, you know, just how you're defining them, I am just having so much fun thinking and all of these memories are coming back to my mind. I, I actually want to start with my marriage, because I think it's such an interesting and, and present, always present application of these ideas and these continuums. And I actually, a few episodes back, my husband and I just celebrated 30 years of marriage. Um, and we did a podcast where we, where we mentioned at least at some point in one of the the two episodes that we did on marriage, we mentioned that we learned about the Myers Briggs personality test. And it was such an aha moment for me because for so many years, in spite of the fact that I absolutely adore and love Jeff Julian, I pictured us as being almost adversarial. Like, why is he so different? (laughs) I mean, like, I don't understand why I truly, why, why are we, it just seems always almost at odds. Um, and then you taught me at some point, uh, because, and let me back up and say, um, and we'll talk more about this, I'm sure. But when you, when you take this self-inventory, okay, so you're able to determine your preferences. Okay, so on those spectrums, I am an E, extrovert, N, intuitive, um, F, feeler. P perceiver. And my husband is the opposite. He is an I-S-T-J. What you taught me, Kathy, that has changed my life via my marriage (laughs) is that instead of looking at those facing each other, right, in opposition, put them on a line. Like now we have every letter covered. There is not a situation in which together one of us is not capable and comfortable and prepared, we can make all decisions together, we can have all conversations together, we can plan a vacation together that rocks, we can raise children, we can communicate, you know, not that there's times when we're tired and we look at each other and go, seriously? (laughs) (laughs) But it's been so enhancing. So, I don't know, I just wanted to start with that.
0: And I think the key there is, first, it starts with understanding, so learning. Yeah. And then it's observing and, and then it really is appreciating. You saw the value and the differences. Yeah.
1: Yes. So now for, I just mentioned vacations, but just for fun. So what happens now, and this is a pattern. (laughs) So I don't know if my husband would be able to explain this to you. The pattern is I use my intuition to go, you know what we should do? We should do this. Okay. And I present it to him. I know, I anticipate that he will kind of scrunch up his face and go, uh, really? You want to do that? And then I'm not offended by that. I'm like, yeah, I do. I think it would be really awesome. And then I walk away and I know that within about 48 hours or so, my husband will come back and say, I've been thinking. And I think if we do this, you know, and then he begins to present a plan. And then after that, for the next, whatever, intervening months, so basically he, he gets on board, right? And then for the next intervening months, he comes to me and says, okay, I've been thinking about, should we do this or this? And I have to push back my, um, tendency to say, I don't freaking care. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 that's like, so in the details, I'm not going to care until I get there, but so I don't say that anymore. I say, that sounds good, honey. What, what, like, what do you think? Like I ask him questions and he continues to process and explain how he's thinking through, right? The different options. And should we do this this day? And should we take a tour? And maybe we should go here. And I let him plan the heck out of this vacation. And then when we get there, he, uh, he just knows that if the plan doesn't work out, he can look at me and I'll be like, no problem. Let's do this. Does that make sense? Like he also gives me room for spontaneity inside his plan. And we seriously have so much fun together.
0: And, and so, so that, is, that is such a perfect example because you've learned that yeah when he says, really? And, and yeah. what's interesting, what you said back was, I, yeah, I think it would be really awesome. So you used his language instead mm-hmm. of you saying, well, I feel that way. Don't you feel that way? You said, I yeah. think it would be really awesome. And then when he came back to you, he said, well, I've been thinking about that. So <laughs> it's really interesting the words that people say. Two, right. two people can walk out and say, "How did you feel about that movie?" And another person will say, "Well, what did you think about that movie?" And they really yes. are giving you clues about, yeah, how they make decisions. That's a fun. Yes. That's a fun story, and it's real.
1: Yes, it is real. And actually, and I love that you brought up words next because I think if I were to say, you know, what really has Myers Briggs done for me? One of the, the, you know, if I made a list of the top five things it's done for, it's given me a vocabulary. So now I know that I do need to extrovert. I cannot process without extroverting. So I'm able to say to my husband, will you listen to me for a second? Um, I need to extrovert. I'm not going to say things I actually believe. I'm going to say things that I might believe and I might not believe. And you're super good at sort helping me sort through that. So please don't be offended, right? Please don't remember these things long-term you know what I mean? and and remind me of what I said that I might, you know what I mean? Anyway. So I'm just able to like, that's one example um, that I think is so powerful has been so powerful for us.
0: Well, and just adding to that, I think there are just some natural differences that when you understand them, so like yeah. an extrovert might think an introvert is withholding information when they're really right. processing internally. And the introvert, your husband might think the extroverts are changing their minds when they're just processing verbally. They really haven't decided. They're just, you're just thinking out loud. And boy, when I have that aha about my husband, because I used to go, oh, my heck, did you really just say that? Because... I'm the introvert that would think through things and then and a feeler and he's a thinker and so he just says it like he's thinking it and and so those differences once you understand them have you interpret things and we just had our 49th wedding anniversary on the second and so congratulations I I still though catch my breath and go are you kidding me but then I go well you're your type doesn't change, but how you understand yourself and others is what changes. And that changes everything.
1: Yes. I think most people are familiar with the extrovert introvert scale. At least I feel like we talk about that a fair amount, you know, just in our culture. Um, And I want to move on from there a little bit, but I have learned. So just another thing real quick, because my husband is a physician, he's with people all day long. And then he uh, volunteers at church in a way that's Uh, You know, again, pretty involved with people when he comes home and I pretty much am home by myself. I work online. Right. And now I homeschool my daughter. But anyway, there's limited interaction for me most days. And when he comes home, I am ready to process. I'm ready to extrovert. Right. And I have learned that absolutely if I want our evening together to go well, (laughs) I have learned he has got to, like 100% has got to be able to go to his room, change his clothes, lay on his bed for 15, 20 minutes. And if I allow him that, I have the sweetest, most compassionate, most interested husband ever. And if I forget that, things unravel fairly quickly from there. That's just another example of me understanding, you know, what he needs and how I can help provide that for him. Cause then he comes out and I'm ready to just do what I need to do. And he's there for me. So perfect. Okay. So Kathy, what I want to do now is I just want to go back and let's talk about the sensing intuitive um, spectrum or continuum. Will you remind me again what that is? So
0: those were the preference for sensing take in information in, with their five senses. It's very concrete things that yes. they can see here. And the intuitives take in patterns and themes that they, they connect the dots very quickly yeah. of things. And so you, we might be in a meeting and somebody's presenting something and very quickly you're going to go, okay, so I think what this is saying is this and that you come mm-hmm. to a, um, a conclusion that wraps that together. And me, the sensing person, I'm going... Now, wait a minute. So tell me a little bit more about this one detail. And you're over there going, oh, my heck, could you, like, just shut up and can we move forward with this?
1: That's that's exactly – you're reminding me. That's exactly how I used to fill in so many different meetings, especially magazine meetings. I just Mm -hmm. knew. I mean, I don't know why. You did. Because I'm an intuitive. I knew what my readers needed. I'm like, this is what we need to do. This is – these are the – you know, whatever it was, whether we were talking about a specific article or whether we were talking about planning an entire six months of the magazine. I'm like, you guys, this is what we need to do. But And it was frustrating at times for me to step back and we would get to the place I wanted to go. 99% of the time, we would end up where I wanted to be, but it was difficult for me to let everyone have, right, sort of exercise their preference what? and go over all the details and and arrive
0: there. And if you don't give them the minimum of what they need, then they can't participate right. when they go to the other side. And so right. you start on that other side and they need the details to build the big picture and that big picture is so visible to you and they want to make sure you haven't forgotten some of those details. So you, right. You,
1: and if I don't have the detailed people, I actually have a really hard time executing on my vision. <laughs> I can tell them what it should look like. Right. But I do need to get there and I can't get there on my own.
0: Well, and you do know details. It's just that you introvert the detail stuff and you extrovert the intuitive part. And so you do both oh. of those. It's just, yeah. it's just, a fun, it's fun to understand the dynamics and value the differences. Because if you're just working by yourself, it doesn't matter you can go forward. But if you need a team, then you need to know the different language that they speak.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Okay. Thinkers and feelers. So I, a couple things that I remember that you've taught me about that is women generally tend to be the feelers and men generally tend to be thinkers. Am I
0: remembering that correctly? You might be doing the men are from Mars, Women Are From Venus thing more. They oh. there there is there is a higher percentage, but it's not black and white. It's oh, okay. it's not black and white. And so okay. and and sometimes women are not rewarded for that are thinkers for sharing that they're they're kind of called out as being not nice names where a man (laughs) can do that and and oh they're strong and a woman is kind of cranky about things and so the reality is, is sometimes our culture man might have a preference for feeling and be able to see the impact on people and bring that up first but they don't because they're they're seen as not strong versus they just they just yeah. attend to different things, and
1: so so we over align masculinity and femininity with those two with those we do thinking and feeling, yeah. yeah. Because
0: culturally,
1: it gets it's, us in trouble.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't, in the past, it has been it's, it's, it's been more common for men to be seen as out there and women women to add that soft piece, and and that's not what the statistics say. That interesting, and that's where the that strength of preference is is kind of fun to see. My feeler is only a one on that scale. So it's really easy for me to go back and forth to that thinker stuff.
1: Okay. So So yeah, let's actually pause right there just for a second, because you just said, You're a one on the, which one on the feeling, on the feeling side. Yeah. So you're a stronger, your preference is thinking
0: it, no, my preference. Yeah. My preference is feeling. Oh, but it's not very strong feeling, but it's one, but strong doesn't mean how good I am at it. It just means how easy it is for me to move back and forth Ah. between the thinking and the feeling. And so when somebody's really, their preference is really strong, they need to push themselves a little harder to go to the other side it's not that they don't go there they do both but but they start and sometimes can stay in one place okay without moving because again all of these we do both
1: I know it's it's so interesting and really and and I can just stop right here and say to my readers the the goal with this is you know I'm going to put a link if you're not familiar with this (laughs) self-evaluation I'm going to put a link right in the show notes and for sure Go do it. Go just start to learn about it because, right, we cannot. I mean, you teach workshops that are hours long, right? Yeah, about, that, uh, yeah,
0: about three hours to really get into it and understand it. So can I do one conclusion here? I think what, what I've seen that's been so powerful on the thinking-feeling, the thinking part helps you decide objectively what to do, what's the right thing to do, considering okay. the, the situation, the whole situation. And then the feeling part can say, How do we communicate that? How do we roll that out? How because it's not that you're you don't care about people. It's that you have to step out of the situation, and objectively look at things, and then and you need to consider the human factors and the values and all that kind of stuff, and and then the feeling part can really help with that design of well how do we communicate this? How do we engage people in this?
1: And, and that's so interesting because that's exactly how my husband and I parent together, right? Is that now, now that we know those two preferences, uh, you know, he, we will talk about a certain child, maybe dealing with a certain just difficulty mm-hmm. or challenge or whatever. And he'll be very objective and I'll be like, and this is how we're going to communicate that. It is <laughs> Because if you say it directly like that, we are, we're not going to move forward.
0: So. My thinking-feeling story is when we bought our house, my husband and I were looking at this house, and he said, oh, this is perfect. So the square cost per square footage is this, that this can appreciate when we do that. And I'm going, okay, so Eric's drawing table can fit in this room. The school is here, and they can walk easily there. It's close to my work, right. so I'm accessible. <laughs> And so they were different, but all were important, and they're different, and we need to consider all of the things.
1: Right. That's so powerful. I love it. Okay, let's just spend a few minutes on the judging perception because, if I'm honest, this is the one that I – I think I understand it, but I have the hardest time articulating it, Um, and you've helped me many, many times. I know for sure that I have a story about it that I think is interesting, but why, why maybe, and am I the only one, but why maybe is this one difficult for me to remember or articulate? Do you
0: know? I think it's because the words, there are triggers that go with judging means you're judgmental and perceiving means that you're perceptive. And that's not, that's not what these mean. And so, so, and that just goes into the complexity of this model that i think is wonderful but i'm a censor so i would think that's wonderful (laughs) at a a big picture part though i think how people see this show up is that those with a preference for judging like order and structure and so they want to plan things and manage to the plan those that have a preference for perceiving are completely comfortable dealing with things in the moment and spontaneously yes. changing things and deciding what to do. And yes. So, you you know, you saw your husband kind of put a plan around a vacation, and you're right. going, okay, that's really cool, because that makes him feel comfortable and able to go. And you're the balance that says, and when we get there, if something's different, quite frankly, honey, if I was honest, I don't really need what you right. need. So he needs that, and that makes him feel comfortable. Yes. You, you don't need that, and you're willing to play within that to deal with whatever differences come up because you're just there to yep. have fun. Yep,
1: until they so, get the bird and go, wait, oh, wait, you know, we could yeah. have a, we could do and, this and, today. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, and so understanding that, that if somebody, and you can see that in children very oh, young, yes. somebody that needs structure, yes. and when they have that structure, they're happy or you see them do patterns of things and you need to, and when you support that, they're
1: happy. So that is, so that is my youngest son taft who i have grown as a mother to absolutely need and adore and respect and i just think the world of him but in the beginning and and i mean you know until he was 10 or 11 or 12 when i really started to better understand this uh you know the m myers-briggs i struggled a lot with taft um you know i mean just like one example if he would say to me hey mom you know, can we go? He loves to read and he loves movies. Mom, can we go to a movie this weekend? Sure, Taft. I think we can make that happen. When can we do it, Mom? I don't know, Taft. I mean, you know, let's. it's maybe Tuesday. So let's do Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then let's see how Saturday morning goes. And then we can decide. And the next day, Mom, so are we still going to go to a movie on Saturday? Sure, Taft. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we can make that happen. Right. (laughs) And so it proceeds to that point. And I think, you know, by Saturday he wakes up and he's in tears. I thought we were going to, you know, I just wanted to go to a movie. I'm like, I didn't say we couldn't go to a movie. (laughs) So I've learned, you know, now when he comes to me and, and, and he is also, I mean, he's very, he is more, he is more like his father. Okay. So when he brings me an idea, I know that he has thought through it. Like he has really thought about this and he's probably already watched the trailer. You know what I mean? He's already done some pre-work that I haven't done. So when he brings that idea to me um, and I don't give it enough time or enough thought, then it feels like a rejection. So now this is what I do and I love it. He'll come to me, hey mom, I want to show you a movie trailer. I think we should go see. Great tapped, And I sit down with him at the computer and we watch it. And he tells me what he likes about it. And I'm like, okay. I go, yeah, I'm willing to see that with you. Okay, so I'm going to get on Fandango and I'm going to buy tickets right now. And I'm like, yep, sure, that's no problem. And then he'll he'll totally I'll stand in the kitchen and he's kind of at the computer and he'll say, what do you think about, you know? And he just wants to plan out that section of the day, the time that we're going to spend together. And it just works so well now because I know that he needs to have more of a plan.
0: Well, can, can I just play with that? And yeah. so when, when he has that, just yes. like, when Jeff has had his nap and his downtime, then he shows mm-hmm. up differently between then oh, and the 100%. next. Time. So, you, when you give them what yes. they need, then then they really are engaged at a different level because because it's it's something that it they is. really. It's
1: don't almost. Need. I mean, I, it's almost like he feels more valued by me. His value didn't change in my mind. But he no, went, I mean, literally no. when he walks in the door, like it's just a different, he's just like, hi mom. It's, it, he just knows that we have this future date, this, we're going to connect, we're going to do this thing together. That's relationship building. And he knows it's going to happen.
0: And this is the interesting part about that preference. <clears throat> if it were to change, he would still be okay with it because you would just be changing the plan ah. to another time. It's not about that. It can't change. It's just about having right. a plan. And so th- those that need that just have that as their beginning part. But if it's not there, it feels like, so is this yeah. real?
1: Right. Is you I know, think that's a very good way. Yeah. Is this real? What, yeah. Cause he just wants to be able to count yeah, on it great, to know it will happen. Yeah. What a great, uh, what a great mom. <laughs> no, what a learning mom. It's been such a blessing to me anyway. So again, and as I look back, I, I'm, at about a year now with this podcast adventure and, but I just thought it would be really fun for me to share, you know, three or four or five things that have been life altering and empowering and so important to me. Um, and this is one of them. So I just want to thank you for coming on because I know as an introvert and and maybe you can, this is not a super comfortable thing for you to do. So you're working with my preferences <laughs> and helping me share what has been important to me because of you. So,
0: Well, you're welcome. And what makes it comfortable the mm. most is the relationship that's been built. And so that's the part that creates a safe place to fall. I would just say that if people want to learn more, okay. there are two places I would send them to humanmetrics.com has a free Myers-Briggs type inventory a shortened version that you can take, and it will tell you your preferences and the strength of those preferences. And there are some examples there. Um, There's another page that's called personalitypage.com. I totally love that one because they have all kinds of profiles and how it plays out with family and relationships and children and work and, and growing and stuff. And so, one one of those can help you learn. Yes. The other, if it works for you, can help you have resources to understand after you've learned. And I would just say learn, observe, yeah. decide if it makes sense and use it to see if it if it helps you with your life.
1: Yes. Okay. And we will I'll put links to both of those and you're right. I, I I'm pretty sure you've had us go to human what is it? Human
0: humanmetrics.com.
1: That's where we've taken the test, but then, and I, and I, as I've worked with you over the years, and like I introduced, we did a, we did a fun women's retreat at church, and you helped me organize that with my friend Stephanie, and we used the personality, and that was so fun to teach and share because of the tools that are there on that page, so we'll put links to both of those resources, so. Okay, Okay, Kathy, we're not quite done because when I interview people um, on my podcast, I have a couple questions for them. Okay. So this first one is, it's called People, Places, Things. And I just want to know right now in your life, is there a person, place, or thing that you are focused on?
0: I am focused on ancestors right now. (gasps) And uh, and pulling the stories and getting things onto a a website called Family Search and yes. inviting other people to share stories about common pictures that we have and so it's interesting how the people from the past are linking the people that are in the present to each other and to um, our ancestors and empowering us with very motivating and life changing stories of. Mm-hmm of where we came from and who we are.
1: Oh, I love that. Thank you. That is also, that is a passion we share. Um, Okay, and my final question for you today um, is, I want you to fill in the blank. I have exactly enough time for.
0: I have exactly enough time for balance in my life. Mm -hmm. uh, In three ways. First, being present in the moment so that I can learn. Hmm. Second, doing things with and for others so that I can serve. Hmm. And third, becoming my best self so that I can grow. So learn, serve, grow wow. are three things that I like. And balancing those starts with me being present in the moment yes, and continuing to learn. And then doing things for others or with others and focusing on myself so I can become my best self.
1: Wow. <laughs> Thank you. That is, that is wisdom. That is a perfect place to stop. I appreciate you. I love you. And I hope to see you again soon.
0: All right. Take care, my friend. Okay, you too. Bye-bye.
1: I'll tell you what. I just really love smart, generous women. So grateful that I've had the chance for so long to rub shoulders with Kathy. So if you are not familiar with MBTI, go to StacyJulian.com to the show notes and start learning. Take the personality evaluation and go from there and give it to your kids. There's a kid version and then you can start to apply it to every aspect of your life. How about this? How about while you're at StacyJulian.com, you also get signed up for 20 and 20 because it's not gonna matter where you get your energy or how you gather information and learn or how you make decisions or what your preference is for approaching the world, whether you're more of a planned person or more spontaneous, I've got you covered, okay? I'm gonna help you be productive and create some awesome personal projects So go do that for me, and then be sure to come back next week, because I will be here with another episode of Exactly Enough Time.
0: I just really love my listeners. Thank you for listening.